awesome. Thank you, man. Uh, those are wonderful scriptures. And to kind of sum it up a little bit, um, kids are like vacuums. They pick up everything you bring home. They soak it up. Your attitude, your heart, your hurt, your anxiety, your joy, they suck it up all the time, man. Whatever you bring home, they consume it. And guess what? When they consume it, they also dish it too, right? Because sometimes those vacuums have that like odd attachment where you can blow everything out of it. Yeah, that, that's kids. Um, kids are like vacuums. Yes, you are like vacuums. You know it. Although uh, some of them are like vacuums, they just eat everything in the house. Um, they have hollow wooden legs, Ethan. Um, <laughs> that was me in high school. Um, the scriptures today, uh, they're going to be up on the screen for you. Um, and I'm going to read them directly from the screen. But there was a moment in King David's life. It was the end of his life. And he surrounded, he called all the leaders, all the officials of Israel, all of the clans and the commanders and the tribes, he called all the leaders of Israel to Jerusalem. In fact, he assembled everyone. And he knew his time had come. He knew his 40-year reign was coming to an end and that he was to pass the baton. And folks, David, unfortunately, had a moment in his life where he had something that God impressed upon his life and on his heart, a desire, this stirring that was unfulfilled for him. Now, we've talked a little bit about this, of regrets. We don't want to have those regrets on the end of our life. David had an unfulfilled desire. His desire was to build the temple of the Lord for the Ark of the Covenant, the same Ark of the Covenant in which Samuel, the little Samuel, slept next to. He wanted to build the temple that his people could come and worship. That those that weren't a part of the people of Israel, those that were Gentiles, could come and stand and watch the worship occur and be curious about this God. But David wasn't able to fulfill that. The Lord actually instructed him that it wouldn't be him that would build the temple, it would be his son, Solomon. David had this desire so much so that he went and drew up the specs, the blueprints for the temple. And on that day, when he assembled all the leadership before him and all the people of Israel, he spoke to them and he charged them to follow the commands of the Lord. But he also addressed his son. Now this is King David. This is the little runt that was, in the she- that was a shepherd in the field when Samuel came to the home. This is little David, 
that everybody forgot. This was the annoying little brother that his other brothers, the six other brothers, didn't want around. This was David cut off the head of Goliath, David. This was warrior David. This was the commander of the mighty men, David. This was an aged David. This was King David. This was the writer, the psalmist, the poet, the musician, the composer, the one that soothed the soul of Saul. And this is King David addressing his people. And in that moment, rather than just addressing the people, he called out his own son. And notice the words, And you, my son Solomon, this is dad David, father David, addressing his son Solomon. And notice the words that he gives Solomon. Remember, kids are like vacuums. They pick everything up that you bring home. He said, acknowledge the God of your father. Acknowledge my God, Yahweh. And serve Him with wholehearted devotion. Why? Because not only was King David, King David, warrior David, but King David was the adulterer David, the liar David, the murderer David, the coverer up David who at one point didn't serve God wholeheartedly. He understood what it meant to serve God with a part of your heart. He said, serve Him with wholehearted devotion and a willing mind. This is David who kept the sin in for a year. This is David that was penitent. This is David that confessed. This is David that turned from his wicked ways. Who had the willing mind when confronted with sin. For the Lord searches every heart and understands every motive behind the thoughts. If you seek Him, He will be found by you. Now notice, just kind of picture this. All the leaders and all the people, and He's speaking directly to His Son in front of everyone. This is specifically for His Son. Seek Him and you will find Him. But if you forsake Him, He will reject you forever. Consider now, for the Lord has chosen you to build a temple as a sanctuary. Be strong and do the work. Folks, the unfulfilled desire that David had, he passed on to his son so his son could complete it. Many of you sitting in this room today have been praying over this church and this community for 10, 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, 70, 30 years. <laughs> A long time. Absolutely. <laughs> you know what? I need to pay you because sometimes they don't get the jokes that I say. That's great. Thank you, Elena. You've been praying for a long time. And some of you, like David, will know that moment has come when some of the prayers that you've prayed have yet to come to fruition. They're unfulfilled for you. 
but though they may be unfulfilled, notice who he's talking to. The next generation. The son. The next generation is to fulfill those promises. To fulfill those desires and those plans. He continues in 1 Chronicles 29.20. David also said to his son, be strong and courageous. Do the work. Don't just let it sit there, but do the work. Do not be afraid or discouraged, for the Lord God, my God, is with you. He will not fail you or forsake you until all the work for the service of the temple of the Lord is finished. Folks, I know that there are things that I'm praying for this body, for this community, that my prayers probably won't be answered in my lifetime. I might not actually physically see some things. I hope to. But those things can be fulfilled through the younger generation. Kids are like vacuums. They pick up what you bring home. There's a moment post-David's death that Solomon had sacrificed and worshipped the Lord and the Lord appeared to Solomon and the Lord asked Solomon ask whatever you want me to give you now folks kids, junior hires high schoolers (laughs) I know what I would probably say. You know, God, those people that get under my skin at work, or not you, Matthew. Uh, (laughs) You're the only only staff person. Uh, (laughs) uh, You know that neighbor, that pesky neighbor? You know that person that cursed me out the other day? Can you smite them? That would be great. I don't know how you would do that, but, uh, you know. Or, hey, you know all those bills? You know that, that debt I have? You mind, you, you mind just kind of like paying it off and letting me have a little extra? That would be great. How about power and fame? How about making me noticed by everybody? Solomon didn't, didn't ask for any of that. What Solomon asked for was, you have shown great kindness to David, my father. Not King David, my father, David. You've shown great kindness to him and have made him king in his, made me king in his place. Now, Lord, let your promise to my father, David, be confirmed. For you have made me king over a people who are numerous as the dust of the earth. And then he goes on to say this. Give me wisdom and knowledge that I may lead this people. For who is able to govern this great people of yours? Kids, pick up what you bring home. And when they pick up what you bring home, 
they'll eventually dish it out. If you're not familiar with David and not familiar with the Bible, a majority of the Psalms that are in the middle of the Bible are written by David. If you're not familiar with the Bible and you're not familiar with Solomon, a majority of the Proverbs that are right after the Psalms are written by Solomon. Ecclesiastes, written by Solomon. Such wisdom in those words. He didn't ask for money. He didn't ask for fame. He didn't ask to smite Matthew. I really don't have a beef with him. I'm just, this is, this is humor. I need Elena to laugh. Um, he asked for wisdom and knowledge to help him lead the people. Just as his father came home and gave him wisdom and spoke wisdom into his life, Solomon dished that out. Folks, if I can have you pull out your cell phones real quick. If you have a cell phone. And if you would be so kind, if you can go to your calculators. And I would like for you to Multiply 52 times 18. 52 times 18. What do you get? 936. Now, I've given you, or you may have been handed to you, um, some M&Ms. And there's a reason for that. 900 and what? 936. I have 936 M&Ms in this bag. I seriously counted every single one of them. Nine hundred and thirty six M&Ms. Now, you might be wondering, and maybe you're pretty smart and you're thinking ahead, and you're a really good student, so you probably figured it out. Why did I give you 52 times 18? How many, day, how many, how many weeks are there in a year? 52. Which means how many Sundays are there typically in a year? 52. <laughs> Five. There are 52 Sundays in a typical year. Right? More than likely, I don't know what the figures are, but today in 2018, um, families don't attend church every, every Sunday of the year. But I'm, I'm given the benefit of the doubt here. If you brought your child to church every Sunday from birth, they reach 18 years old what was the number again 936 and we're about we're, we're at church probably about an hour maybe an hour and a half three hours it's a long hour 
That's 936 days and probably about 936 hours that they are receiving spiritual instruction at church. Now, what I'd like for you to do is, how many days in a year? What? 365? Can you please multiply that by 18? How many? 6,570. So the bags, the bags say there's 42 servings and 32 pieces per serving. 1,334. You can correct me on the math. 1,334. Each of these bags represents about 3.7 years. 3.7 years. Your kids are with you And there's a little left over. Folks, I'm afraid I'm going to drop these. You are too. How many days did you calculate? 6,570 6, days. They are with you. At your home. Kids are vacuumed. They pick up what you bring home. We witnessed from Solomon that he picked up what dad brought home. This wasn't the first time David talked to his son. This was a continual conversation over the years of, of of raising his son. Now, if you look at Solomon's life, he was a wise, wise man. But he also did some things that his father did that weren't so wise. Folks, you, you, are the weight of spiritual influence in the life of your child. You are. Please hear me. Look at the comparison. This is how much time that I get to spend, Matthew gets to spend, 
the body of Christ gets to spend with your kids and your teenagers, your junior hires. This is the amount of time that you get to spend with your kids, your junior hires, and your teenagers. They are vacuums. They pick up what you bring home. I ask you, what are you bringing home? What are they picking up? What are they going to dish out in 15, 20 years? I challenge you to think through this. You are the disciplers of your children. You we love you and we love your kids. But the weight of influence happens at home. I'm going to pray. Would you mind just bowing your head? Heavenly Father, God, I hope and pray just as Aaron prayed this morning that you rise up youth within the body of Christ, particularly right here at Wapak Mall. Youth that are that know their faith, that are strong in their faith, even when they're trying to figure it out, that are bold. So that as they grow up, they are wise in your ways. Father, I lift up our parents, our grandparents, our moms and dads. They are the spiritual influence in their, in their kids' lives. Will you empower them? Will you equip them? Even when they feel so inadequate just trying to get their kids clothed and out the door, let alone teach them about the Word of God, teach them about Jesus Christ, and be that model. Lord, I ask that your Holy Spirit come in and fill them with your, your presence. Lord, I ask that we, as Wapak Mavs, begin to equip everyone as disciples to be those influencers. Father, we love these kids. We love our teenagers. You died for them. They are the ones that are going to continue the work when we're long gone. May we influence them now today for you. We love you, Jesus. It's in your name that we ask. Amen. 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 Will you please stand? No more standing.
Oh my goodness. It's so rough. May you love the Lord your God with all your heart, your mind, your soul, and your strength. And will you love your neighbor as yourself this week? Live sent, because you were sent right now. You were sent back to your homes, to your workplaces, to your neighborhoods, as salt, light, and yeast for the kingdom of God. Have a blessed day. We'll see you tonight at 5 o'clock for prayer.